Alright, welcome on to the latest edition to the Left Wing Back podcast and what a weekend of hurling we've had, especially yesterday evening when Nave Owen took on Magnus Sound Gales. We were treated to an absolute slobber knocker, 23 points to 117, it finished in the end in favour of Nave Owen. Uh, I'm joined uh, on the programme by uh, Judas and Punch's pilot this morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Irish, Irish Kevin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they walked out on me for a while, but they're back again in fairness to them. I'm only joking, of course. Joe Nolan and Stephen Bamberg. Uh, boys, you got to see it up close and personal over the weekend. Um, Joe, I'll come to you in a second. Stephen, you were on uh, Navon versus uh, Bidness Town, and uh, you looked like a lad that was enjoying yourself. Uh, a cracking game and, and so many twists and turns. It was like a rural country road. Oh, it was unreal, Kevin. It was like from the minute it started, like there was. There was two scores in the first 56 seconds, I think, and you had everything in it. Like, you had, you had Michal Munns on the sideline cutting out. I was in the 63rd minute to level it to give Michael the, the result would have done. Like, and he'd hit, like, there was every sort of skill in the game. There's some unreal savage hook and block and scores from uh, Styler and Milky got a pint apiece where they had very little to hurl to tap over points of vital stages. They had great saves from Brian Tracy, from Andrew Townsend. You had Dwayne Kavanagh who hadn't got a puck over the first half. He ends up with nine points by the time the game is over. Um, Craig Dyle hits five or six from play. Um, yellow cards galore in the Bankstone defence in the wind-up. They were, they, were, they were taking serious punishment in the last 10 minutes where they were getting overrun, going through, and they had to do what the, the, the could to, to stem the tie, but they were giving them a freeze. It was everything in it. It was 100 mile an hour, and... Uh, a brilliant a knockout game. It just shows that there's no comparison with a knockout game and a and a league part of the game. You know, it's just chalk and cheese, and it was brilliant. It was the match flew absolutely flew. Um, and as I said, that the like and girls were eleven points nine up at half time, and Navon like they got three or four points just before half time. I'd say between the twenty twenty fourth and twenty eighth, twenty ninth minute. And that, that closed in a gap that they weren't four or five down a half time. And it was vital by the time the, the game came to the last 10 minutes that they weren't chasing, looking for goals, they could stay. They kept disciplined, kept knocking on the points. And as I said, like Dwayne Kavanagh hadn't got a puck over the first half, got two points early on the second half, took over the free taking duties from Carl Tracy went off. And I think he ended up with seven frees over eight after that. Like it was, was brilliant advertisement for for Carlo Hurland anyway, as far as I could see. Definitely. And Joe, it looked like, uh, uh, you know, obviously at one stage, it looked like Milky had won it. And then we thought Michal Mullins had won it with the line ball to, to, to square things up. And then Styler put over the free and then Michael came with that flurry just at the end. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And I agree with, I agree with uh, Stevie. Like, it, it, you can't just beat Championship Hurland um, in terms of the, you know, the intensity and the excitement and, it was just, uh, you know, I thought it was the best match of the, the best match of the championship so far. Um, and I think Steve, Stevie summed it up really well there. Like, you know, it ebbed and flowed and ebbed and flowed. And even we were texting each other there, you know, I was texting uh, Pat Cody and he'd be saying, geez, you know, I think my shall have it now. Or I think Bagnus and Gales have it now. And it the, the, it changed hands so many times. Um, you know, and a great advertisement. I, I thought, uh, you know, we always thought it was a big game in Bagnestown. I think literally every game on game Bagnestown have improved and no end over the championship. And I think, you know, we talked about their forwards and we worried a little bit maybe about their their ability to score from play, but they kind of really showed that last night. And, and Jason, or sorry, Jamie took his goal really well. And I think it was probably due, in, in fairness, 
you know, he was due, due another big score because he's, he's put in a, a great championship shift so far. Um, you know, I suppose my, my shell, I thought the change maybe to Ross Midders began to run the, the Bagnestown Gales defence and they drew a few frees there, you know, in the last quarter. And I thought that was a good, a kind of a, a positive change for my shell. Uh, in terms of their game plan. Um, but I was very impressed again with, with Bagnestown. I know, again, we talked about Jack McCullough there earlier in the year. You know, he started centre forward, then moved back to midfield where, it, you know, he needed needed to, wants to stop a fill a gap or whatever. And and then was ending up in the back line near the end then as well and showed showed his uh, appetite for work as well. Um, but yeah, you, you just cannot beat uh, kind of knockout Hurland. And it was kind of cruel in some way on Bagnestown, you know, to be within literally minutes of of getting over the line and then to, to lose more or less in injury time or near to injury time. But like you said, um, it, it was frenetic. And I think, uh, I, I, I think it's hopefully a little insight to what's to come next weekend. Yeah, I suppose. Look to kind of back up with what you're saying. When there's something at stake, um, you, you generally get more out of both teams anyway. But I suppose in the midst of all that, sometimes you can get caught up in it and you don't quite get the open expansive hurling that you kind of would be expecting and it turns into an awful battle and things don't really open and and I suppose evolve into that free-flowing start of the game because tension just takes over but that absolutely was not the case yesterday we got probably the best hurling that we got all championship as as you guys have said um a couple of um standout things I suppose as as we've seen in in a lot of the games uh, so far uh, but yeah you've touched on it already lads uh, Ross Smithers in midfield and Stephen you would have said before Ross Smithers at his best, obviously, with the ball and the hurl. And Ross broke onto the scene as a, as a minor when he was only 15 at club level and then played three years county minor with, obviously, you know, great athleticism. And when you he's very hard to stop, as we saw yesterday. And he drew several frees, drew several yellow cards. We probably have to... I don't obviously want to endorse uh, poor discipline, but a couple of times Bagnestown actually were cute and had to pull him down and I think that was actually the right thing to do we spoke about the fact that they mightn't have done it last week but they're they're learning game in game out um, Keane Dyle I thought was very good as well and you know we mentioned last week how tough it's been starting off fullback um, a position you're not used to at senior level and uh, I thought he did quite well yesterday and he's he's come on leaves and bounds throughout the championship I don't think I know it's an old cliche I'd say Bagnestown have lost very little in this championship I think they will have learned an awful lot and and next year, I don't see why uh, they can't push on before we actually come to Meisch, like Yeah, well, the, the, during the week, I was just looking at the scores. Meishel, Navon had about eight, seven or eight scores the last day against um, Ballon Killen. And I just looked at their, I think they had six last night and Bagnestone Gales had four from play. So, And that little bit of a spread just makes a bit of a difference. Um, you had Owen Hosey got a point, Ross Smithers got three. John Michael got three, and then he was only in now the game. Martin Clory got one. Carl Tracy got one from play, and Dwayne Cavanagh got two from play. Whereas Bagnesson Gales, Milky got one, Danny Doyle got two, Styler got, I think, five, and Craig Clark got one, one. Uh, you, you just need, the more lads are getting on the score sheet from play, those tally up at the end of the day. But just the the, the fresh legs, and I wouldn't say fresh legs, Rossner wasn't fresh legs, he was playing the whole game. But the... Uh, he was getting the ball deep and, and running at him. Just well, deep was midfield and running forward, and like was standing beside him there after the match. Like the man is in physical condition, like you, you wouldn't see a, a thoroughbred in the same the same state. Like he's, I'd say he could have played another match straight after it. But that that was always yeah. his strength. I thought playing wing forward or wherever. 
running at people, getting space and, and causing hassle. And three, I think he drew about four yellow cards in about five or six minutes last night and yeah. chipped in three points as well. Yeah, couldn't be, couldn't be handled. Joe, let's start giving Michael a bit of credit. I feel um, for some reason on this podcast that they're the thing we've talked about the least. Um, apart from maybe the first week when we were critical of them, or I was critical of them for saying probably they weren't the Michael of old. And they certainly looked the Michael of old last night. They had the hallmarks of those battling qualities, um, I suppose no end of skill, a bit, a bit of finesse, a bit of pace. And that was great to see. And it's going to stand them in good stead going into next weekend without having had that tough game. But like 23 points, is, it's not too shabby. No, good performance. Like a good performance like last night. And the, they've had, like to put two performances now back to back. And I think that was, I suppose that's why we once we were critical of them, but we, maybe we expect so much of them because, you know, they, they are one of our traditional mainstays. And, the, you know, you look back at the titles that they've won. And I suppose maybe in recent years, um, you know, they failed to deliver on, on their promise. I mean, they were in the final in 2017, I think it was. Um, and, you know, Jesus, since then, like they've kind of gone, you know, they've had a tough time in terms of trying to get maybe the most out of their players and, you know, changing players. And I suppose we saw some of the older guard as well standing up last night, you know, Michal Mullins, Declan O'Brien, these lads, you know, and they bring a bit of steel about it, uh, about things and, uh, you know, and no end of skill as well as we know. But, um, they brought that kind of bit of steeliness there last night in a battle. And I think that'll stand them in great stead going forward, all right. Um, you know, like like Stevie did a very good analysis there in terms of their scoring as well, you know, and, and, and the spread of scores. And that's probably what was maybe lacking as well. I mean, look, we know they only scored, I think it was 2-5 uh, in, in the St. Mullins game. And, you know, you know their, their scoring return up to this has been very poor. I, I'd say like, you know, what twenty three points last night? Like was you know nearly enough, nearly you know nearly nearly two games worth, uh, nearly coming into this. If you get me, or well prior to well, they had three sixteen after two games, which was twenty five points, and yeah. they got twenty three and one yesterday. So that's a marked improvement. Yeah, obviously. well, that's exactly it. Cutting out the battle and killing game. So like, I mean, that's exactly it. Like so, you know, uh, that that stands them in good stead. And you just kind of, I I just thought that you know, I know it came down to the last couple of minutes. So I just thought maybe that that win over us. Um, gives you that little bit, bit of leaf, bit of bit of leaf, and especially the win coming so the game coming so quick is actually a help because that buzzes in the camp. You know, you're you're not slogging, you you don't have too much time to think and wonder about you know things and, and plan and so on. You're kind of more playing on instinct, and I think that helped them the game, the game on game, and plus you know the the, the knockout aspect. You just cannot raise yourself enough for for that sort of thing. Um, but again, look on the flip side. You know the Bank of Sound Gales lads rose their game plenty as well for it. Um, I think going going forward, I mean, look, they're they're kind of a, in a they're in a good position now because going into a semi final, you know, Rangers haven't won their four games so comfortably or relatively comfortably anyway. Um, you know, Michel are going in as massive underdogs, and you know that's what they'll want. They they'll they'll fancy a great cut off uh, off Rangers next weekend, and they, they won't stand by and and give them a, a handy run to a final for sure. Yeah, of course that you summed it up there. It does mean a, a nice little battle with uh, their big rivals, uh, Rangers next again. That's down from one <clears throat> one thirty, excuse me, in Netwatch Cullen Park, and then at five thirty it'll be Ballinkillen versus St Mullins. But we will uh, look back on uh, the other game from yesterday before we move on to those uh, semi finals. Joe, you were on that one, and uh, look, it was uh, I suppose uh, it just lacked that little bit of something. Um, I know there was some good patches of hurling, and initially and. Uh, battling qualities but 
there was just something missing, I thought. Uh, Rangers obviously beat Saint one seventeen ten in the end, but like, what was it like being up close and personal at that one? Oh yeah, God, it was, there was no comparison. I think in the two games, um, there was probably two bursts to play. Um, after the second water break, the first I think at the end of the first water break, it was kind of five three or that sort of a scoreline. You know, it was just t- taking over the first fifteen minutes, um, and then uh, in the after the 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 second after sorry, after the first water break, after about fifteen minutes to half time. I suppose uh, Rangers pulled away, um, you know, up the tempo a little bit, you know, put, tacked on four or five points, uh, brought out the lead to six or seven points. And that was probably, you know, kind of game over. They kind of flexed their muscles. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the only other real, what we'd call intense burst to play after that was maybe, I suppose, six or seven minutes into the second half when, when Rangers kind of uh, turned over six or seven of the, uh, sorry, when Sam Mullins turned over six or seven of the puckouts from from Leinster Rangers, and as a result, kind of got back into the game. Jess Neal hit a few good frees, and and uh, they kind of put got a foothold in the game. But in terms of overall intensity, you know, God, it was very you know very lacking. I mean, look, it, it was nothing like what we're going to see if these sides if these sides do meet again. Um, it it was nothing like what we saw last year or have seen in previous years. I suppose. Look, if you look at it. Um, both teams, you know, you know, were Rangers went in uh, win, expecting to win, as in terms of everyone expecting them to win. They did that job, ticked the box. They blooded Kieran Cavanagh got a full game, so you know he, he's uh, he commands the sub prior to this. He got a full game, did well, won a couple of frees, got a, a point from play as well. Uh, they rotated a few players. You know, Michael Dyle got a bit of rest. Gary Kelly came in. Uh, Richard Kelly came in. <clears throat> um, so they got a chance to look at a few lads. Uh. They won the points. They got no cards, got no injuries. So job done as far as Rangers were concerned. I think, uh, and I mentioned yesterday, that I, I think that uh, St Mullins will, while they lost John Dorn, and it was very sad to hear afterwards that um, it looks like James Dyle won't hurl now for the remainder of the year, um, according to their manager, Niall O'Donnell, which would be a, you know, a massive, massive blow. And a massive blow, I suppose, going forward as well um, for maybe Carlos, Joe McDonough hopes as well. But um, I suppose in, in more immediate term, you know, when they were shorn of uh, Mouse and shorn of James Dyle and losing John Doran so early as well, um, you know, they did what they had to do. They kept it, they kept it tight. They changed their game plan. I, I thought they reacted very well uh, in terms of um, counteracting uh, Rangers' puckouts. Um, they also tightened things up maybe on Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan was out with centre forward and he was doing a lot of damage, I have to say, on Potty Kill because Potty was kind of getting caught between two stools. He was Chris was drifting everywhere and you know Potty was kind of as as he does and does, does so well, tried to hold the middle. But unfortunately, Chris was getting on great ball from from his midfield and his his wing forwards were switching across as well and putting him in shooting positions. And I think he ended up with six or seven from play. So. Um, you know, but but they learned, they counteracted that. They, Seamus Murphy came out in the half forward line to win ball, so that they kind of closed down the Rangers half forward line, uh, or half back line, and then they they kind of tightened up on those on those puckouts, and it, you know, it kind of changed the pattern of the game as well. John Welch went in on our sorry, I was getting mixed up, but John or Michael went in on on uh, Chris Nolan in the second half at centre back, and that he went in as a man marker as well. So they would have learned an awful lot as well if the two teams do end up meeting. You know, I, I think. They'll have tried a few things out in that game, uh, looked at a few things and and tried tried things to counteract it. And I and I think they they'll be quite happy. Um, you know, and that's kind of it's kind of odd to say that happy to have taken a seven point loss. But I think you know, I think you know, I think they'll have learned a lot. And and if they do meet again, they'll be uh, they'll be waiting in the long grass. I'd say you know. 
Yeah, Stephen, that's a, that's a, something that kind of jumped out that Joe's touched on. The fact that, you know, Chris Nolan picked up so much ball in the first half and he could see what Paul he was trying to do. He was trying to sit into the pocket. But if that's the way you're going to play as, as a centre-back, you need a midfielder pulling back to try and pick up the like of a Chris Nolan, who, who is coming quite deep. He was nearly on his own 65 at times, not just at midfield. And unfortunately, that played havoc with uh, with, with, with St. Mullins. And um, the, the other noticeable thing, you know, to give a comparison to two lads across the half-back line in terms of St. Mullins' half-back line and Rangers' half-back line. We've seen it in so many games this year where Rangers have had that time to set up a bit of an attack from that half-back position, be it Dermot Bourne or be it Paul Cody, as it was yesterday, sitting back. And they seem to have that bit more time to, to pick out their men in the forward line and spray a good ball. So, like, I know they seem to have the extra body back or whatever, but they're using that quite well, Stephen, as a platform. Yeah, and you're caught between the devil and the deep blue sea with Chris Nolan. Uh, he scored seven points in play, I think, against Bagnestone last week. And, um, you know, what do you do? If you leave room inside, you're, like we said last week, Keane Dyle was exposed. Like, he was left one-on-one with Feathers and Edge of the Square. And uh, it, when you have the, the quality of the likes of Dermot Byrne and, and Paul Cody, these lads popping in balls onto on the sixpence to Dennis Murphy or Dean Tobin, Chris Nolan or John Nolan, Feathers. It's a, it's a tricky one, but the, the, the long and the short of it is you have to stop Mount Leinster Rangers getting the ball in the middle third of the field and that's that's not too simple. That is not simple at all. Um, so what does Noah Nolan or what does Noah Redmond do next Sunday then at half one when, when they're up against this Rangers side and, you, and they would have seen quite clearly over the last few games including their own one in particular, which was the standout. And that night, Dermot Bourne was the one launching. Like, do you stand down a man on top of a loose man that they're playing across the back if they are? Or do you, do you sit a man that bit deeper? Like, even though it's in your own half-forward line, that's really the catalyst for where everything is set up for Rangers. Like, and they're, they're spraying that ball from that position left and right. Is it an obvious thing to say that you just stand someone down there? And then, on the other hand, like when you have that centre-forward coming deep, are those two things that Michael simply have to get right next Sunday before they have any chance of trying to overturn them? I think so, yeah. I, I think so. I think I think it's key It's key to close down, close down a lot of Rangers' game. I mean, we, Paul Cody clipped over two points yesterday and he set up a mountain score as well with a cup freeze. I, I, think, I, I think, you know, you have to close down that middle third. And a par- part of that is... is yeah, apart from getting bodies in there, it's it's positioning the body so the out ball isn't available. Do you know what I mean? It's not always, um, it's not always getting the tackle on or getting getting you know getting the hit in. It's just cutting down the space in terms of of the out ball isn't on or 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 it makes the player, <coughs> excuse me, it makes the player uh think about the out ball. In other words, like there's not a loose wing back or a centre back or whatever. And when I mean loose, it doesn't mean that you have to have a man directly beside him or whatever but you have to have him in that area to, to cut out that short pass um i do think i do think if you pu- see i suppose it's like everything if you push up on the if you push up on the rangers half back line um you know you're you're drawn out your half forwards your your do your mid your, their midfielders tend to drop like you push up on them as well so it's a kind of a tricky one they're they're, they're they are the masters of it Dear Midburn, like last night yesterday now um on several occasions dropped right back nearly to the edge of the d in order to protect that goal, you know, protect David Phelan. And um, I, I thought it was, you know, he literally turned his back to play it to get back there to protect that D. So I don't think they're in no mood to uh, cough up any goal chances. And uh, I think Michel will have to run at them from from a distance and draw their freeze as well. But they'll have to play cute in that middle third as well. Like I said, 
to be or, to be organized, not just have bodies in there, but to know what the bodies are doing in terms of uh, sp- cutting out space and cutting out little outfalls. Yeah, that's what I was like. I suppose alluding to Steve by by design or by default, they they do see, they seem to have so much protection back there, and they don't look like conceding anything really back there. They're they're, they're so they're so solid, like um, so like. Nave won't have to be careful here as well and, and one thing I'd like to say with the best will in the world like John Michael Nolan has so much potential but I just find sometimes he tends to drift in and out of games and Meister are going to need him in the game for the full 60 next weekend Yeah and yesterday his scores came in the 8th minute the 30th minute and 6 minutes into injury time and there's big holes there Pretty good pretty good point then to, to back yeah, up like If the middle third is going to be clogged you need the likes of John Michael Nolan Ross Smithers Owen Hosey they're all good Ball handlers very mobile. Um, they lost Killian McCabe in the warm up yesterday. Even they lost Connor Foley last week. They would have 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 uh, de- them options as well if they're fit. Um, Tyg Daly got on the board of the ball yesterday when he came in for the last quarter of an hour twenty minutes. Um, still you'll be thinking Monlins Rangers physical strength won't allow them through. Um, but uh, definitely it'll have to be some bit. Of, no, don't forget. It was two points all for long, a long way in the in Mount Leinster Rangers Michael game in the in the in the league part, but that was after like Navon had done the world of working and working and working. Look up the scoreboard was two points each, and then Mount Leinster got the breaks. Next one pulled away. Um, you know if they can do the same tomorrow, but be five or six points each at least. You look up at that scoreboard, gives you a bit more confidence. Like you've done that much work and you're looking up and there's 30 minutes gone, you've only two points on the board. Uh, no, I know you can say it was only the league part of it. Next Sunday, Sunday will be the knockout. Um, but like Monster Rangers will score any day of the week, they'll score 16, 17 points plus. And if they throw a goal with that, uh, Nevo are going to have to hit what they hit yesterday to win. But they're going to have to hit, they're going to have to hit 20 points to be in, in contention. At the end of the game, and definitely, like if John Michael Nolan was taken on the defence, like something like like Ross Smithers is a, is a lot smaller than John Michael Nolan, and okay, you would say Mount Leinster Rangers would that be cuter or experienced more than Bangasong Gales, not giving shipping yellow cards as handy, uh, possibly, but you'll never know unless you go. And if John Michael Nolan decides to take a few, like, and we're going back to, I know I keep mentioning it. Will they put him in full forward for 10 minutes on an inexperienced David Feeling? I don't mean inexperienced David Feeling as a player, as a full back. No, mm-hmm. Dennis, or David Feeling, sorry. Um, sometimes that's in desperation, a team does that. Um, didn't Does that not up. play straight into Rangers' hands, that's though, I, having I, that plus one? That's, that's what I'm saying. It would be a desperation yeah. effort. Like we're asking for more, John Michael Nolan, uh, from a Navon point of view. And then if we're to get more, I think it has to be probably out in the, in the middle of the field, half forward line, and driving at them and see how what holes you can plug because if they're dropping someone back to cover the Chris Nolan uh, possibility of staying in the not sucking out the Owen Nolans or whoever centre back, um, they'll have to, as Joe says, block the avenues in the middle of the field, that middle third, and that's actually where Navon took over last night in the last ten minutes. I know like. Bangson Gales, the the younger legs, I suppose, the the just you know the the hit, the tanks emptied, and you can, you can do no more than that. So it'd be interesting to see, like Chris Nolan has hit 
You said what six points yesterday, seven last week from play. If that happens again next week, one less mm. range will have a spread of scores along with it, and you're up to twenty points before you're anywhere. I think he hit five leads as well yesterday. I think so. Yeah, and he hit four or five last week as well. Um, yeah, incredible. You got an incredible amount of ball. If you're going to Joe, like um, obviously, I'd say myself, you and Steve are, are in agreement that we probably see one of the Rangers winning this one. Um, uh, but in the off chance that Navon can come and win it, how do you think they do it? Yeah, well, I, 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 yeah, there's the conundrum there you said there, Stephen, about the JD of placing John Mike and Lonan on the edge of the square. And I just thought, like I said, looking yesterday when, when St Mullins had Seamus Murphy there, you know, and uh, just Rangers were just, they were not going to cough up an easy ball to him, uh, an easy goal or a goal scoring chance like. And, and Dermot literally just sat back there, you know, virtually on top of him. Um, you know, I won't say protecting, like we said, we know David Fields and really experienced hurler, but he's new to full back position. And uh, you know, and, and the likes of Seamus or John Michael in there on, on the edge of the square in terms of uh, a ball winner or, or whoever it'll be, uh, would test them directly if it was one to one. But I can't see them. I can't I actually can't you know, I can't see Rangers coughing up. I think they'll they'll just drop, drop, drop as they normally do. Um so I, I'd agree with you. I, t- I I I think, you know, having them in the half forward line. Winning, winning that primary possession. Do you know what I mean? Winning and turning, and then going at the Rangers half back line. Again, if you have runners off his shoulder, the likes we mentioned Ross there. You know, you're very impressive, and you know a few other lads. Maybe like you mentioned there, um, Ty Daly might be back. He might be back in the middle of the field the next day. He hurled there before. You know, popping off, popping off John Michael's possessions and, and turning and running at the at the Rangers defense to draw go to draw scores. I just can't. It's very hard to see where they're going to get the, those goals to win the game, and I think they'd need to rack up a couple of goals. I can't see them outpointing uh, Rangers. I, I I can't, and I think with the best will in the world, and no matter how well their battling hurl, um, Rangers just have so many threats. Like we talked about Chris Nolan yesterday. I think he got six from play, five maybe five wides. I'll have to look at my stat sheet as well between freeze and that. But he had a largely, I won't say anonymous second half, but he was quiet, you know what I mean? And he actually went in a full forward for part of the second half and Eddie Byrne came out to centre forward. So, you know, you imagine him now in, in kind of championship mode next week, uh, knockout championship mode, you, you know, you'd imagine that he'll be going for the full hour. You know, other lads put their hand up as well yesterday for Rangers and that's what would probably worry me in terms of um, Michel's game chances, in terms of, you know, uh, that I, I don't think, I, I think the spread of the Rangers scores will come a lot easier. And there'll be, I want to say, more holes to plug at the back there than, you know, the forwards, like, you know, they have quick forwards inside, like, you know, Oshin Kelly came on there yesterday, he can turn, he can run, uh, you know, run at a defence. I think that's their, going to be their policy, to get the ball to hand and run at the Rangers' defence, run at the Rangers' defence. I think if they hit too many kind of loose balls from their half-back lane or midfield area, I think they'll all be mopped up because I think, like I said, their middle sit back you know, uh, in that pocket, he'd sweep, he sweeped up so much ball yesterday and it'll be frustrating. And you know yourself, when a hurler like him gets on the ball, you know, he's not just there to defend, he's there to as a platform for attack. So I think definitely the policy of getting the ball in hand around that middle third and running through, running through, running through and breaking those tackles and, and looking for support runners, I, I think will be a, a massive part of their game plan. Right, so uh, I think we're giving the nod to, to Rangers on this one. One um, thirty on Sunday, as you said, in, in Netwatch Cullen Park. Second semi-final then, 5.30, same venue. Ballon Killen versus St. Mullins. A while since we spoke about Ballon Killen because obviously they had the buy and stuff and um, 
say Mullins we know were out yesterday as we just spoke about and suffered a seven point defeat. Uh, Marty Cavanagh you'd expect will be back. Uh, James Doyle uh, highly unlikely as as Joe has has said already. Um, right, uh, this is um, an interesting little fixture because both teams are coming off the back of defeats. Um, Ballinkillen had the extra week to kind of get ready for this. Yeah, Joe, um, I might as well start with you. It is uh, Ballinkillen is your club, but we're hoping for a little bit of impartiality in it as well, which I know you'll give and you always do. But um, never. <laughs> where do you? <laughs> <laughs> where, where where do we start with this? It's kind of it's kind of hard to gauge a, a starting point yeah. uh, with with this one, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. Well, look, our, our defeat, I suppose, our defeat, our two defeats maybe were different than than the than the Rangers, than the sorry, than the defeat yesterday for Saint Mullins. Um, I think our defeat uh, when we defeated Saint Mullins might be more of a more of a one for them to tease about, if you get me, because um, I think yesterday, look, minus Marty, minus James, minus John Dorn. You know, kind of knowing they were, knowing they hadn't much to play for, you know, and the tempo of the game just being what it was, you know, I, I think that was kind of a, I won't say a write off. I know Niall O'Donnell spoke afterwards about coming out to win it, and of course you go out to win it, but it, you know, in the back of your head, you're kind of you're resigned to, you're resigned to letting letting what will be will be in yesterday's game. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, it'll be a different a different beast. Uh, come come this weekend. Um, I think the week the the, the extra week has been good to us. Uh, as in, in terms of, I think our lads needed it. I think um, while the lads are were in great condition, and Tommy and Tommy Comerford and and these lads had them in fantastic order physically, but just mentally they were bad and kind of drained. And I think the extra little layoff will hopefully give them the little impetus that they need. Um, saying that, like Sam Mullins, right, they have a week to prepare. Yesterday's game, I think the the only drawback from yesterday's game, really, well, apart from you know, apart apart from losing was losing John Dorn. You know, John, I think, pulled up with a hamstring. And, uh, and we thought initially it was a blood, a blood uh, injury or something like that when he went off, but we were told afterwards it was actually his hamstring. So, you know, he'll be a big, you know, he, it'll be a race in time to get him fit as well because he, it looked like he was strapped there yesterday as well. So it might have been an ongoing thing. So he would be a loss as well. And obviously, like we said, you know, James gone, gone for the year. Um, that's going to be a massive hammer blow to, hammer blow to their team as well. Um. I, I think, um, you know, injuries could have a part to play. As we know, we, we were carrying a few um, into the last game. You know, we're missing Shawnee and Sean Murphy and Craig Wall. We're missing them. You know, a few other boys are carrying little niggles as well. So, Yeah, David English got hurt in that game David too. English went off as well, you know, with a bit of a bang. And, you know, other lads have picked up little things as well. And it's just probably, it's probably the game's coming thick and fast. And um, maybe, the, you know, the luxury of, of uh, not having... You know, while we have big a big panel, but sometimes you know your 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 hand is kind of forced because it's kind of win 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 all the time. You kind of can't maybe you know spread the load out to different players, and you're relying on on certain lads to play all the game, every minute of every game for you. But um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. Um, uh, I think you know I think James James Dyle will be a massive blow in that middle third for, for St. Mullins. I mean, look, we know the quality of what he brings when he's at centre forward or full forward or wing forward or wherever. But I think he, what what people have to look back on is in games that St. Mullins were under pressure in. Like, I think of last year's semi-final, you know, and we we were right up them, you know. It was an absolutely cracking game. You know, Shawnee had kind of Marty, was holding Marty really well. He was following around the pitch. But James Dyle talk about giving a performance and we talk about the, the final maybe being Marty's finest hour 
or one of his finest hours. But James Dial in that semi final last year, he had eight points from play like over 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 eighty minutes. So you you know, and it, we looked at him. He hit, he hit one three in one of the games there at the start of the year as well. So to for a team to take a blow like that, um, you, you know, is is a massive hit. Um, you know what will happen in terms of their team the next day? Like we you know, will they leave Paddy at centre back? You know, depending, I suppose, on who who uh, Ballon Killen have at centre forward, it'd probably be a different type of. You know, maybe we mightn't have that expansive forward, or Ballon Killen mightn't have that expansive forward as Chris Nolan in terms of, you know, maybe a, a shooter at eleven. Um, so maybe Paddy might might you know might be deployed there again, maybe to kind of mop up ball. Um. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see because you know he's a key he's a key man for them when he, when he's on form we we know what he can bring to a game. Uh, where will the position you know Seamus Murphy as well because I think that's going to be a big battle. I think you know ha- we have Dion on the edge of our square and uh, I just think he's been absolutely phenomenal for us this year. Um, you know he, he, you know so did it put Seamus in on him? You know or will you just will will one cancel the other as I say or you know will will, they, will because they'll need a ball winner in the, in that for, in their forward line as well to you know especially in, maybe in their inside line as well. So or will he be played on the half forward line? You know, and if he's the play there, who will pick him up? You know, will David English sweep across onto him or or, or who will play him? So there's a lot of key battles there as well. Um, you know, probably let's call it honestly. Probably we can see if Shawnee uh, Shawnee Whelan is fit, he might pick up uh, up Marty. You know, but again, that's depending where Marty goes. Marty might be played out in midfield because he, he'll do as much damage uh, from there as well. Um, so there's a lot of key markups. Uh, I I think I think it'll be down to key kind of key battles more so. I think uh, I think um, when you're playing Rangers, they have a game plan that you need to disrupt. And I think I think both ourselves and maybe um, Saint Mullins, it's more key key markups and battles. I th- I do think Saint Mullins' work rate is is phenomenal. Talked about it yesterday. You know, you have the, the unsung heroes, the Bolins, the Walches, and these lads. You know who absolutely just work, work. They you will not get the end of those lads, and you know maybe maybe at times it's something that we've questioned our own lads on. You know maybe in that middle third at times, you know that we've we we've been outworked or we've been out muscled maybe, and you know and and it, and what can happen then in that middle third if we get if it gets clogged or there's a lot of bodies in there like you know we have one of our again I don't like picking out key men from teams because they're all key but I suppose look we have one of our our key men in there in Kieran Whelan and you know we need to get the most out of him he's you know he he pulls a lot of the strings for us he gets a few points and plays or free taker he kind of can set the tempo in there sets up a lot of the play as well for our forwards so we need to get him on the ball there as well and we need to have our our game plan set up that he gets on the ball as much as we can because I think if he's gonna, if he has a good game for us, um, I think it will be there or thereabouts come next Sunday. Right, Stevie, where do you where do you see this one going? Um, like for from my point of view, uh, again with the best win in the world, I said it several times. I think it's about time Ballon Killen pushed on. Um, I think they're more than good enough, and like I don't want to be kind of having the same old storyline if if it's a case Ballon Killen don't win on on Sunday, and um, you know. Same ones are going to be a tough nut to crack, obviously, with, with with Marty back on board or whatever. Where where do you see it going? Well, you from last year's team, if Chris Cavan is out, James Doyle more than likely out, John Dorn out. I said at the start of it, the 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 truncated the season being so tight. Sam Mullins are they have a very good squad, as in they're a tightly knit to have the the star players and have the workers and that. The, in, the injuries like are just they're 
they're coming at a cruel time week on week. They've major injuries like someone out for a season and Malinkillen possibly won't get a better opportunity if that's I might, I'd i agree with you though that they'll, they'll have to this is one there's more pressure slightly on, on, on Ballinkillen I'd, I'd say in one way uh, and that's not saying like if Sam Mullins come and, and uh, play to the potential Sam Mullins will win the game but I'd I'd like to see more like we're talking about the spread of scores Dan Sheen Rory Dunbar these lads really Rory is a seasoned campaigner Need to see need to see a couple of points beside his name at the end of the game. We need to spread the scores. You can't be depending on Kieran Whelan with ten or eleven points from playing freeze every day. You'll need six or seven scores. If Sean Murphy is playing full forward, uh and even if he's if he's anyway ninety percent fit, he's going to ask serious questions of that uh backline with John Dorn is a severe loss. Like he probably the most underrated backs uh, Mullins have had in, in a long, long time. He just He's, he's a template for being a, a, a great club hurler when you want him. He's just outstanding. I heard he was injured yesterday. It was, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a massive loss for Sam Mullins going forward. If he's out, like hamstrings, can't see being cured in a week. It'll be a major job if it is. Um, then, uh, like of Oshin Ryan, Connor Kyaw, these lads are fresh into the John Dial yesterday. They're only new to the senior setup in the last year at, at more some of money in the last couple of weeks um david english got knocked last week presume he's okay if if balan killing have everyone back it's the the tide is slightly turned back in balan killing's favor if you if they can forget about the two games they lost you don't you don't forget him you, you park him you park a good result you park a bad result um but i definitely still think that the likes of dan sheen rory dunbar these lads in the middle third need to be getting more scores if it's only one or two apiece. Like Marty Dalton scored two or three scores in play. Dar Roberts needs a few, couple of scores as well. Been working well, but they need scores beside their names. They're forwards at the end of the day. Um, John Welsh for Sam Mullins against Bagnestown when Bagnestown got the goal the last day and it would be a noted score. Went up and knocked over two points and that's the difference. You need a good spread of scores, seven or eight scores. Um, like last year, James Dyle was, was, was a one-man show until until extra time and then most clicked into gear after that I'd Ballon Killen's day has to come shortly if it's going to come and if it's next Sunday it's next Sunday but I'd, I'd agree with you with Seamus Murphy being left on the edge of the square with Dion Wall I can't see them doing that they'll try and, they'll try and pull Dion Wall out of there and he's not going to come out so that leaves your, are you back into the position with the Chris Nolan or Leinster Rangers if, if Seamus Murphy or, or Marty are sitting in the pocket and they're tapping over points um, will they get uh, uh, scores that bit handier? Uh, but I, I definitely think Ballon Killen need to step up after the last two results. They were, look, they were, they were after winning the, they were through the semi final, and you could say that the heads were turned a small bit, but they need to step up this Sunday and, and, and show a big performance and, and actually win. Yeah, I think, uh, like, Joe, if. Um... I don't want to seem like we're sounding biased and we're kind of hopeful of a Ballon Killing win, but it is obviously nice to see a team making a breakthrough. And St. Mullins are a very likeable club as well. And it's hard to believe, you know, we're talking about uh, Ballon Killing as, as, you know, having a great chance to win this, despite the fact that St. Mullins were highly competitive in the Leinster Senior Club final last year. But, like, this is a massive game for Ballon Killing. And let's not beat around the bush. There is pressure on them. And if they don't win this, we'll have the same old question marks again. 
And how Ballin-Killen deal with the pressure on Sunday is really going to determine if they are good enough or not to actually go on and win this senior championship, which we know they're capable of pushing on to contest for. Yeah, yeah, I um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be heaping the pressure on the lads or anything. Um, ah, look at this now, Stevie. Look at this. <laughs> so we're, we're we're coming in as underdogs, like I mean, like you said. Uh. <laughs> I know. Look, I, look, I think the lads know. It, the lads know there's a great, there is a good chance there. But should the same ones, lads know the same. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we we can push. We have pushed Rangers close last year. We pushed Saint Mullins close last year. We pushed pushed Rangers close in semi final, but ultimately. We've we've lost the games, and you know. So therefore, you know, as I say, if you look back in the stats, and the stats don't lie, St. Mullins have had our number, or Rangers have had our number, or whoever for the last couple of years. So, you know, uh, we will go in. We'll go into this as well. We'll go in maybe as uh, as underdogs of sorts, right? They'll go in knowing that it it should be there thereabouts. You know, if if we if we up like we said up our work rate and our scoring and maybe you know if Sean is fit and free available at full forward and he gets a good you know has a good run etc 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 but i don't think there's any pressure on the lads i mean look they they had two they had two bad defeats um coming into it and you know i i think they, they know what what any hurler or any lad wants to do ultimately is to play to to leave everything out there like we mentioned before you know leave everything on the pitch and as I say, the result take care of itself. And I think Ballinkillen more than anything want to do that because I don't think they did themselves justice in uh, in the last two games. And that's not taking credit from from either Rangers or Michel who beat us. But I don't think they did themselves credit. And I think the lads know that there's a lot more in them. Now, if what's in them is good enough to win uh, to be, to beat Saint Mullins on Sunday, so be it. But I think getting that putting that performance out there is, is ultimately going to be the first thing. Um, you know, we mentioned key battles as well, and you know, apart from pressure and all that, like the, lad, the lads, like I said, the lads will work the work through that. They've been they've been there before, but I think one one key battle also that we might maybe mention is Sean. If Sean is fit, and probably he will be on the edge of the square, Paul Dyle. Um, because you know, I think um, I think you know, and I, I'm not going to give him the mockers here, as I say, but I think um, uh, you know, Sean uh, Sean Murphy is kind of he's had his kind of number or whatever for the last couple of games and it'll just you know it'll be interesting to see and and, and I know I'm saying those words and if Paul Dyle is listening to this I'm just after giving them giving them the play, plenty of mojo to absolutely go out and 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 and, and uh, say do, do fierce damages on Sunday but um that'll be a key battle as well um I don't think there'll be pressure I don't think there's pressure on hey look let's call it honestly sure look the more pressure is on Rangers really because they're after you know winning all their games they're seem to be the clear favourites and so on. So they have the pressure. And I think um I think in fairness to if you go on the flip side, St. Mullins have been one of the best teams to deal with pressure and coming in as underdogs uh of all the teams in the county. Like how many times in the finals have they been written off or we've only been talking about maybe one team or, you know, dulling down their chances. Whereas, you know, they, they deal with the pressure. So or deal with the game. I think our lads will just focus on the game. Don't worry about pressure or, you know, expecting to win or this is our greatest chance or our best chance or whatever it's a game it's there they, they know what they have to do and they know have to to raise their game um i do i do see it coming down to the wire i do i do see it being a very very close game um and look obviously i'm a, a bit biased um but i you know i i i'd be i'd be maybe i'm maybe more confident obviously i, I don't obviously look you don't like to be you don't like to be confident uh, from the point of view of maybe if St. Mullins are missing players, but it, it is a key factor, you know, and it's, it's sad, I, you know, it's sad to to be to have that, but, you know, ultimately you'd like to, 
if you're going to win, if you were lucky enough to win, uh, you'd like to win and have, you know, beat a full hand with St. Mullins there or whatever else. But the way this year's championship is, is playing out, like key injuries this weekend or, or this week even, or between the week of the final and the semi-final, sorry, between the semi-final and the final, uh, we'll, we'll have big bearings on the games. And maybe, I think that might be just, maybe might sway, sway it in our favour or mightn't sway it ultimately in our favour, but it'll give us maybe a, a better shot at anyway. Right, so in a word, Joe. Well, I have to side. I have to side with my own, Kevin. I'm going to go with Balan Kevin. Right, Stevie, in a word. Uh, Can't say uh, any of breed. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give Balan Kevin a hesitant nod. Uh, no, I just uh, I. There a couple of subs there that might just be, like so Jack Trace or Mark Foley. You know what I'm saying? One could start. They just have they've excelled. They've seen them excelled in other sports, and they just might be a little bit of the unknown coming in for no. Sam Mullins a norm, well, but they might just have a little bit there. But I, I like we're looking at Sam Mullins as well. Uh, we're saying John Doran has gone. Slip Paul Dale and Gary Bennett in the full back line, and there won't be a no, you know that, that's lost a bit of experience already. But uh, I, I just hesitant nod to 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 Ballin Killen. Right. Okay. So there you have it. Uh, that's five thirty on Sunday. Intermediate semi-finals. Uh, they're Saturday. Uh, both in McGrath Park, but uh, obviously different times to um, accommodate uh, the current world we live in with, with COVID and stuff. So at three o'clock we have Navon versus Saint Mullins. Uh, Steve, I'll talk to you on this intermediate championship because it's it's a, it's a great duel to see up close and personal. We're going to talk near Bree on his surrender as well. That's six thirty in uh, Bynestown. Uh, Michael Saint Mullins. Right. So. They've both obviously lost a couple of lads to the, the senior ranks. Um, Michael put up a massive score against Carlettown, as did Nair Breed in recent weeks. And um, Nair Breed just barely got over the line against the, against St. Mullins. So where's where's Michael St. Mullins in terms of how you rank this one? Well, Michael have lost... Nevon have lost... I don't think they've lost anyone to the senior, really. Uh, St. Mullins have lost... Jack Havna, Jack Havna played the other day. Michael Jack. Is that right? Alright, sorry, yeah, well he yeah, he didn't actually play I'm thinking back he didn't actually play again also he played in the last round okay. right there actually, sorry, I f- forgot that. Um yeah, I was a, I was looking at the 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 team that played below in Michel. Um I think I'd be fancy never want to win because Sam Mullins have lost um Connor Kyo. Uh no, he wasn't playing again us. We still struggled to beat him without him. Uh John Dyle yesterday. Um, I fancy Nevon to, to to win that one by four or five points. I think um, they're they and they get a boost from the the match yesterday as well. Like that, that's going to bring an added uh boost to training this week. Um, they're playing Saturday, so they'll be on before the the senior match Sunday. Um, I I'd fancy four or five points win for Nevon. Then our own game um uh, against Monster Rangers. Uh. Like the intermediate has been everything in it. Like three teams have beaten one another, so hopefully we'll come out on top. There won't be a lot in it. I know that it's going to like they've lost Kieran Cavan from the last day we played him. Um, look, there's going to be puck of a ball in it, and hopefully we'll get out on top. Like we had a match against Carrington the other night, and we hit a hit a good score here, all wides, and there was pluses and minuses from it. And same as any other team, carrying a few knocks, and hopefully lads will be back and. 
but it'll be a struggle. It'll be a titanic struggle with with Munster Rangers in in McGrath Park next Saturday evening, and a pitch neither of them will have played on this year. So the the neutrality of the venue will will definitely be neutral anyway. There'll be no advantages playing in it. Yeah, well, look, I was I was down at that Carlton game the other day, and uh, it's a pity to see Carlton struggle so much and struggle to the extent they are with shipping heavy scores, and like it just really really bugs me when. There's no football on at the moment and you'd be thinking they should be just so much more competitive. The size of the town, when you think back at the Haydens and the tradition and how good hurlers the English is, like Carl English and uh, Jesus, it really bugs me to see them struggle like that. And uh, again, I don't know if there's pressure being put on by football managers or whatever, or if it's a case that you go to uh, a football training or something instead of a hurling, even though football is not for a few weeks, are you putting your place in jeopardy or lads feeling that pressure? Whatever it is, it's not great to see. Um, but Stevie, one of the standout things, uh, <laughs> uh, Connor Lawler obviously wasn't fit to play the other day. He was he was on the line, and uh, <laughs> Paul Doyle was refereeing it. And obviously, Paul and Connor are, are, are two pal time men. Well, by Jesus, it was persistent, definitely for almost the entire first half. Anyway, Connor was giving Paul off an awful going over. He was just like, "Ah, oh, Paul, the steps, the steps, the steps," and all this. I was like, "Jesus, he's wasting the same over. What's going on?" <laughs> Yeah, and I let show over a horse actually. Thank God he was in the far end of the field. Um, um, but someone said to me at half time, he said, The more he'll show a pod, the less he'll get off. But um, I don't know who said that, whether it was on the linesman or what. But uh, yeah, and actually, just looking at looking at the horse, I know he's carrying an injury. Uh, I've seen him before the match, like the size of the man. If that man had been playing a night, he pulled a hamstring against, um, I don't know, it was Mount Leinster in the early round. Uh, Yes, serious loss. Like you know, if you had himself and Sean Gann, more lads playing. I know the English have they've, they've served their time as well, and served it well. Um, it's worked well with some clubs. Most clubs with the dual, the dual player. Um, you know the fact that the hurling was on first, so the clubs are still poking around the background, training wise and, and practice matches, etc. But um, no, I wouldn't say the Christmas card list will be extending the the Lawler to. Uh, <laughs> Dwyer uh, households this year. Yeah. Um, the, just going back on to the on-field matters then, I actually, it took me a few minutes to actually realise who Ernst Leeson was. He has after, his body shape has completely changed. We know him as, as a powerhouse, kind of full forward, centre forward. He's operating across the half-back line this year and he was centre-back the other day. Steve, like, as well as the weight loss and stuff, he's always been a big, strong, powerful man, as we said. But the agility and, and speed, he's fit, he's fit as a fiddle and he's kind of taken on a new lease of life there in that half-back line. Yeah, and I would have, on the edge, I wouldn't have seen him much. But uh, he was on he was full forward, I think, the year Carla played Kilkenny in, in Carl. That's right, yeah. yeah. And, like, just pay, if, if they got the push on, that they got on for five minutes to go, about five minutes earlier, mm. I've no doubt they would have won that game. And... Uh, yeah, and it probably he benefited from like if you're in the backs, you're facing the ball the whole time. You get the ball in the forwards. I know it's stupid, but you have to get, it, and then you have to do, you have to turn and do something. You have to turn and adjust the the, the goal behind you. Uh, but uh, Jizzy's like in fairness, he's in great shape. And um, and here's another one for you now, right? Now I need to I need to definitely check this one out. But I'm almost ninety nine percent certain that um, when we when we won the senior championship in two thousand eight, uh, myself and John Ryan were the two youngest on the panel. I was seventeen and he was eighteen. And John didn't actually hurl championship that year. I think, and I want to check it out, and maybe you'll ask John when you see him, I think this is the first year that John has played first team hurling. And he is heading for 30 years of age this year. 
remarkable actually, stuff. You're actually right because I asked him. I asked him myself. I'm glad you asked him because I mentioned it here last week. You think off air, yeah, so I, that's, I, that's absolutely yeah, unbelievable, was, really. When you think about it, we won a joiner in 2007, and he was actually centre back on it. And so I would have met him 16 or 17, and he was coming. The come, he was coming like a cho-cho train for to be a replacement for Johnny Nevin in latter years. But uh, injuries took over, like, and, and you know, and that's that's what happens with a lot of people, you know, just just get a bad run of knocks, and 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 uh, like he's in great shape now as well, and that's what lads have to they have to think of as well that uh, lads are coming back, they're they're playing intermediate level, and they're getting game time in a short space of time, so you have time to improve. Same as the senior, like you see the lads going on to the senior teams, the Bagnesone lads, the Connor Kios, or Saint Mullins, um, you know. You need time. You need games, and and that's benefit both John and and, and or John and, and them young lads I was talking about. And uh, yeah, he's that was his first game actually. Belong in Michael that night and intermediate to start a, a first team game. Believe it or not, mad stuff, mad stuff altogether. So yeah, that's the intermediate section. So junior then on Friday, it's absolutely fantastic. I have to say to see Burn Rangers in a semi final, and I know they they got to the semi final maybe. Um, possibly last year or the year before, but this time they have an absolutely fantastic chance against the uh, Bidenstown. And look, uh, I'm I'm going to park my impartiality on this one. And again, I apologise to the people of Bidenstown. I have many great friends in there. But Joe, I would give anything to see Warren Rangers into a county final, which I'm sure most people in the county would, apart from Bidenstown. <laughs> yeah, of course they would. Look, uh, I think as uh, if you're if you take and even as a Look, if you click your bigger picture, you put your Carlo Hurland hat on, your Carlo GA hat on, you, you want to see Burn Rangers coming through. You know, you want to see Satanta, you want to see Neil Breed back senior, you want to see Carlo Town strong. You know, we we need as many clubs hurling at the highest level that they're able to play. And you you know, and what, what brings things on and bring can bring clubs on only a little bit of success and if Burn Rangers were, were lucky enough to get, oh, hopefully not. Uh, well, we we've our semi final too, but as say, um, but look, if they were to come up through the to junior ranks and up to intermediate, it'd be a massive thing for their club. Um, the huge numbers there this year. I mean, I know other years when they kicked off, their you know their adult hurling things might have been tight and so on, but I think they're ten or eleven subs there for games this year. Like they nearly have a panel of you know 20, 20, 25 and thirty, which is massive. Um, but they've had they've had been putting massive work into their underage for the last number of years and producing real quality hurlers and and year on year they're they're given three and four and five lads to you know all the development panels all the way up and those lads are now kind of coming through. Um, I know they have the the kind of the older experienced heads there as well and lads who've been with them from the start. But long term, like those lads, those lads are you know like as all you have your day in the sun and but there's plenty of youth coming through there. Um. That breakthrough is coming. Uh, I know this year, I suppose, since they've, the first round games and that, they've added a couple of lads to their squad. I know, I think Joe Waters is, is uh, hurling with them and one or two of the Currys as well. So they'll be massive additions as well in terms of their experience and their physicality and so on. Um, I don't know a whole pile again about Bagnestown for that semi. I know they've lost James Gagan and Richie Whelan, I know, after team. And they were flying at the start, I know. Um, they kind of topped the group by, I suppose, Mullinster Rangers themselves were due to play, but obviously with the COVID issues in Mullinster Rangers, uh, they had to forfeit that game. So that's that's kind of what's decided top and top and second in that. Um, so yeah, look, Bagginson Gales obviously have been impressive at junior level as well the last couple of years. So it'll be a tough game there in Tinnerland at seven o'clock. Um, 
And yeah, I, I, I give a hesitant call there to Border Rangers on that one. Um, in We're hurling ourselves, Ballinkillen are hurling Mount Leinster Rangers at 7 o'clock as well, down in the Centre of Excellence. And um, like what Stevie has said on numerous occasions, isn't it wonderful that, you know, that Rangers are able to field three teams there as well. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, I know St Mullins do it, and it's not it's not an easy thing to do. And I know, especially in you know in our hinter the hinterlands, as I say, down us, you know, you're you're relying on every chap coming through. But I think the the Mullinster Rangers team, from what I little I know about it now, is quite young. Um, and I'd be surprised to see any greybeards like Stevie walking onto the pitch uh, like he did against them. I think uh, they got a surprise and say when they saw the likes of him there, but. Um, I think they're they're a young team, you know. They're using it kind of as a well, a relatively young team, kind of as a nearly like a development thing. And um, you know that we'll expect a massive battle out of them. We lost a couple of lads. We've lost, uh, you know, say the last day from even the, the match against Mysore, we lost Niall Hickey and Jack Tracy, and my own nephew Billy is out with a finger injury as well. And you know, so we'll be tight. Things will be tight for us as well. We'll be expecting a massive battle there as well. Um, I won't call this one obviously, so you don't, I don't give anyone the anyone to kiss a death in this one, but. Um, Look, I think we're we're tipping away not too bad, and look what it'll be will be. Um, hopefully we won't pick up any injuries between now and, and the weekend, and uh, we'll we'll give it a right rattle anyway on on Friday evening. Good stuff. So just to touch on uh, Camogie as well, lads, before we uh, come to the end of the program, because the we have a junior semi final on Thursday evening at quarter past seven out in the training centre when you have Burn Rangers taking on Bidenstown, and I think um you've got uh, uh Killen waiting in the final there, so. Um, and then in terms of senior championship action the two semi-finals are Saturday out in the training centre the first one's at one thirty. it's my up against St. Mullins and then at 5 Nairbreed take on Mullins and Rangers uh, Stephen I'm going to chat to you on the Nairbreed one first because there's an interesting little thing here you have Nairbreed intermediate hurlers who have Mark Brennan playing for them down to play at half six on Saturday in McGrath Park in that semi-final against Rangers and then he's also over the Camogie team as we said uh, who take on Rangers at five out in Fenna. Um Bit of pressure there. You can't be in two places at one time. No, exactly. Uh, the fixture didn't come out there yesterday, so... Uh, obviously, this is subject to change. Like uh, Maybe there's yeah, there'll be an accommodation as the week goes on. Yeah, and I don't know... Michael and Sam Unser in the same boat. I, I don't know who's over. Michael Camogie, they're, they're playing probably some similar time to the, the Camogie's a half one. The lads match at three o'clock in the intermediate. Um. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I don't know what. Uh, the, literally, you know, we only got the the fixture last night, so um, I can't say anymore because I don't know anymore. It's just unfortunate. I know before you would have said there wouldn't have been a clash because the same people are going to the same games. The fact there's only fifty of each club going to both games, you could say there won't be the same people going, but there will be. Like Mark's involved with both. He's a sister in that team. I'm no doubt Mount Leinster Ranger the same. Uh Sam Mullins the very same and and, and uh Michael as well. There'll be you know, there's always some it's just a pity, but look, that's the way it is, it's just with the with the games the games will be on Saturday and I'd say they're gonna be staying at the same time more than likely because in McGrath Park there's no lights. So that's down for half six and even half six last night, the lights six o'clock last night the lights were on in Doctor Cole for the for the second half. So um, whether it'll be changed, I, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Um, so, um, who, who do you see winning both games? I would say, obviously, without knowing a huge point about how say ones are getting on, that you'd fancy Michael to overturn them in, in the first semi final. Yeah, we would all know. Like, 
Michael, look, you can, what can you say about Camogie? They're probably, I think they're going to be possibly 20 or 21 in a row. Um, the pack might be getting a little bit closer to them, but like, they'll, they'll, they should beat Sam Mullins. Sam Mullins running up over the junior, I think, last year. The other one, um, Nev Breed beat Mount Leinster last Monday night. Now, I got the last 10 minutes of it. I, there was, I think there could have been 8 or 10 points in it. Um, something similar to Ballinkillen, Nev Breed, or Ballinkillen in the, in the, in the men's, Nev Breed will, will be hoping to to get that bit close and get to a final first anyway. And, and uh, I we hope Nev Breed will get through on that. But, well, Nestor Andrews won't give up with a fight that very experienced uh, panel, uh, whereas Nev Breed have both experience and, and, and youth uh, with, with the Camogie being, you can play at that younger age. There have a couple of girls only 16 coming on to it, possibly. Uh, Sheafer O'Neill Jenny Sire, these, these girls. So that, uh, I, I we hope Nebri get, get over the line on him and get into a final and see how they go on against more than likely it'll be Michael. Yep, so all the play for that one as well. Uh, Joe, last word to you in the podcast this week because unfortunately uh, we have noticed um, a number of cases kind of cropping up in, in different clubs over, over the last couple of weeks. We, we hope it's, it's not going to be a, a trend, but all the clubs seem to be handling this so well. Yeah, just thought it was a, a kind of well a, ne- well a negative and a positive note to end on. Um, but we've we've seen in, in social media where clubs have come out, you know, say Fenna have come out and Melinster Rangers, Ratfilly come more. And in recent weeks, obviously we had Old Lachlan and so on. Uh, we previous to this, um, but it's just great to see. It's just great to see that the cases have been cleared or are being cleared uh, in those clubs, and that the protocols seem to be working. In other words, that you know that it's. While, while it's kind of drastic at the start, the club activity shut down, you know, it, the greater good has been served and that the, there's not a spread there in those clubs. And it's great to hear. I just thought it was a nice positive thing to hear that you're, you're looking back. We, we, we hear on media and we look at media and we see, you know, uh, where cases and clubs are shutting down their activity, but we, we don't see when they open back up again. And, you know, just I know the immediate things, say, like the likes of Rangers uh, had that little scare last week and Fenna as well, and that both of them are, are back open as uh, for business. Um, you know, in a short period of time, but it just goes to show you that while we're an amateur organisation, you know, there's a bit massive responsibility there in terms of uh, in terms of what what we bring to the community, and and with that responsibility, it's been managed so well in terms of uh, of what we're doing to to deal with the COVID situation, and that's a credit to the officers there in each club as well, and and the the members as well, and I just thought, like I said, in in these kind of scary times, and when we're hearing about them. And in relation to, to to clubs and shutting down and fixtures and so on, that uh, just to give credit where credit is due to, to club members for acting so quickly and swiftly and for for uh, you know acting in the best interests of everyone, you know. Definitely, yeah. I'd like to endorse those sentiments as well, uh, lads. Just before we leave it, are you both out in action next Sunday with Par TV? Um, don't know yet. Now to be honest with you, Kevin. Yeah, I well, I said if I am the the later game, I didn't know which was the later game. Possibly because I have an under thirteen game that in the morning. So if I'm doing one, it'll be the later one. It's a. I just went off and get me royalties this weekend. <laughs> well, I got a slipper yesterday. Jamie Clark kicked the ball over the line. I presume that was the one I picked up on the pitch after the match. When the, just when the ball, when the final whistle blew, he drew a, a vicious kick on it. And mm. we, we can get that signed. Myself and Joel signed that for you if you want. Yeah, I, I heard, I'm hearing the rumor. I'm hearing the rumor, uh, Stephen, that the only reason you want the later match on at the weekend is that you, you, you'll give you another four hours in roots and ends to get the hair done. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, the blow rinse didn't work well this week, so it'll, it'll, hopefully it'll get right next week. I tell you, boys, you're filling them t-shirts well. <laughs> yeah, there's going to have to be some bit of a... Uh, that's that's body shaming now, Kevin. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Just say, uh, you know, be, be too big strapping, strapping men. You know what I mean? Uh, Fit so, for junior hurling. Well, we're wintering well. Look, we, we that's it. We're on the, we're on the, camera, the, the time camera now. Camera 10 pounds. Don't forget that. Exactly. <laughs> Good stuff, lads. Listen, uh, it's been camera. a pleasure. <laughs> it's been a pleasure as always. Um, we'll touch base again, no doubt, next week. And who knows? Uh, we could be looking at any, like, anything could happen. We, we've seen... Uh, with, with the championship so far, we've had a few twists and turns. So thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll chat to you again soon. Take care, take care, lads. Bye. Thanks, Kevin.